Welcome everyone to Overcome Podcast, episode 34. Uh, today I have um, someone here to talk about not only her uh, fitness journey, but the many things that she accomplished over the years and talk about uh, longevity as well. My friend, Vicky Diaz, thank you for being here today. Hey, Yuri. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited that we finally got this coordinated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Vicky, um, we, I, I know you for probably 10 years since uh, the old days at Destination. And um, when we were talking, um, me, myself, and other friends, we always talk about how throughout the years you were so consistent on your uh, uh, fitness journey that you were always looking like you were two weeks out for a show how is that even possible you know how did you just stay <laughs> lean all year around well thank you for that compliment i would say i'm a little more like eight weeks not two weeks um <laughs> you know i i tend to thrive in in um environments with discipline and structure. And I like that with my food as well. Over the years, I've learned what my body functions best on, what foods I shouldn't have. But um, so with that, I've, I really don't deprive myself of anything. If there's something that I really want or crave, I, I have it. I just know when to say when and keep the portions under control. Mm. But I definitely, and people ask me all the time, they say, do you do you have a strict diet? Do you ever have a cheat meal? And honestly, I have cheat meals probably three times a week. And, and I don't really like to use that term cheat meals. Mm. Honestly, I feel like any food, you know, within moderation, almost any food, you know, can be, you can have anything as long as you know how much you should be having and you're not, it's not taking over your life. And I think I've just kind of been disciplined with knowing, um, you know, like what I feel best when I eat. And, and for me, you know, I, I know I'm going to feel crummy if I just take a couple days and pig out on whatever, you know, donuts and cookies and pizza and all of that. Instead, I just have it when I crave it and then I put it away and I'm fine. But it was always like that uh, or you learn how to have this control over time. Uh, and I'm the, 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 the reason I'm asking this is because some people when they are, mainly when they are in the beginning of their fitness journey, they feel like they have to stay strict to that diet, otherwise they gain weight. Some people actually gain weight by just having one cheating meal, they, they gain a lot of weight, or you know the muscle definition fades away. It, it, it looks like you don't have this problem, but uh, is this because your uh, level of maturity in this sport is already in, in, in such a way that you can do that, but you, in the past, when you started, you, you really didn't do that. You know, I do think having a good, solid foundation of muscle and muscle maturity, having trained for um, over 25 year, years now, um, has given me a good foundation of muscle, which obviously is going to boost your metabolism and you can handle your body's a little more forgiving when you've done that. Mm. Um, and so when somebody gains weight initially, when they first start a diet, it's important to, to not get overwhelmed with it and understand that when you take on a fitness journey and a health goal, it's, you really want to look at it as a marathon. Um, I'm all for short-term, really strict diets, say you're getting ready for a contest or 
you know, getting married or a beach trip or whatever, you know, however, you need to learn how to pivot and then live outside of those strict goals because it's not, one, it's not healthy and two, mentally, it's not good to, to constantly feel like you have to deprive yourself. And I think sometimes too, people equate that strict dieting with success mm -hmm. because it got them from point A to point B, the goal, whether it be just to, you know, lose uh, 50 pounds or to get on stage, but then they continue to equate that with success. And unfortunately, it's, you have to look at it as, okay, now how do I start incorporating more variety of food um, into my life and not make dieting your entire life? And one thing I really work on, especially with my clients, is that we want to work healthy habits, both eating and movement and exercise into your life rather than your life being surrounded by your life being controlled by fitness. So your goal, finding things that enhance your life, mm. you're going to have much more longevity than just trying to work your life around a fitness goal. Because if you're spending your day going, okay, I've got to work out here, and then they're just especially busy moms and I work with a lot of moms and, and women that own businesses and um, they get pretty overwhelmed when they have to look at, okay, I've got to do some cardio, then I've got a meal prep, then I have to do my weight training. Yeah. All of those components are very important. But instead I try to go, okay, how can we take those components and incorporate them into your life? So mm -hmm. your priorities as a mom, a business owner, all of those things still become priority number one. But then you're finding ways to just, sprinkle in fitness or sprinkle in eating healthy and ultimately if you've got the right balance of all of those and I use that term loosely because there are times where it is a little unbalanced and a little overwhelming um, but if you can find ways to just sprinkle it into your day um, and not make it such a um, such a, it shouldn't be a bad experience. Yeah. It should be fun. It should be enjoyable. And, and again, the goal is to stay healthy, fit, and, and live the life you want to live and use fitness to do that. In the beginning, you were uh, more focused on really the fitness aspect or you started with the mindset of competing? I'm not sure if you started as a, as a competitor and then you became a, more a lifestyle or was the other way around? So I was a gymnast throughout most of my childhood. Um, and then once I left for college, I didn't have that goal anymore and that structure and the workouts. Um, so I had actually then stumbled across fitness competitions. I had enjoyed weight training and I was training at a gym in Oklahoma um, while I was in college. And somebody approached me and said, hey, you know, I know you do gymnastics and you enjoy weight training and at the time he was a power lifter so we were lifting pretty heavy um he said why don't you try a fitness competition and i didn't know anything about it um i went into it very naively and ended up winning that competition oh wow and it was just the pure joy of being on stage and having that goal and, and performing and, and doing what I loved. I loved the weight training and I loved the structure of the nutrition. Um, so it gave me a place to, to do that and, and really kind of thrive in that environment. And I was, I was hooked after that. And I know you've done um, competitions yourself and you can probably yeah. attest to that yeah. as well. It's, it's kind of, it's fun and it's addicting and you kind of get this high of being on stage and, um, so I first 
was drawn into competing, mm-hmm. but not for the sake of, oh, I want to, you know, chisel down my body. It was really more, I loved the fitness routine. Yeah. And I wanted to do that. And the gymnastics part was easy for me. The the dance that accompanied that was, was easy. So it gave me kind of a stage and a platform to really kind of be this alter ego, so to speak. But throughout the years, you changed division, didn't you? I did. So I did fitness um, through the 90s. And at the time, there was only bodybuilding and fitness available for women. Um, so I did did my first show in 1993 and then actually had my first daughter in 1994. Ten months later, did nationals in fitness. <laughs> wow. And then um, I did... Quite a few more shows than after that, up until I think my last show would have probably been 1999. Um, anyways, and then got re- just busy with life and, and other goals at that time and re-enter. And then fast forward about 2012, Women's Physique came on board. And I initially was thinking that I would do figure. And I approached a friend of mine who was a coach and he was kind of the guy to go to, Jeff Dwelly. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I wanted to do figure. And he had encouraged me to take a look at this new division called women's physique. And and I said, no, 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 I don't want that much muscle. There's no way I could ever do that. <laughs> and I, I pursued it. Um, had so many people tell me, there is no way that you will ever be able to compete with girls like that. You will never succeed in women's physique. And that really was just this seed that just sprouted in me that uh, there was no way. You're going to tell me no. Let me prove you wrong. Um, (laughs) That's amazing. So I was determined to succeed in women's physique and um, started, did my first show again uh, in women's physique in 2013 and then turned pro in 2014. In physique. And women's physique. Amazing. That's amazing. That's truly amazing i remember that journey and uh if we compare uh, you were on stage during the time that you got your pro card and now what is the difference in weight uh do you have the you have a close weight from the weight that you had on stage or not really um i would say now um i probably weigh what i weighed on stage going into a prep i always stayed about eight to 10 pounds within my stage weight. So I really didn't have a lot to lose. For me, it was more of an issue of continuing to gain muscle Mm -hmm. and stay full. Um, My body's the type that just didn't want to really hang on to muscle. So I had to eat a ton, which is, is I think kind of the hardest part, getting in all the food. It wasn't so much the, the restriction of contest prep. It was trying to eat all the food that was required for me to have enough energy to get through workouts and stay full and time the carbs appropriately so that I had the fullness that I needed on stage. Um, so Yeah, but you, you are kind of gifted for your body type, right? Because as you say, uh, you were having a <laughs> hard time eating the amount of food. Some of the people is exactly the opposite. Mainly when they are cutting to prep, they have to eat a whole lot less. Yeah, I mean, it's everybody has and that's one thing about competition and i tell people all the time is that not everybody is totally different you may have the perfect diet one perfect diet may work for somebody 
that, but it just may not work for somebody else. Um, and every prep you do is going to be a little bit different as well. And some things you do, I don't know how many I've done shows I've done, but it's been quite a few. And I can honestly say every prep has been a little bit different because your body evolves each time you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's uh, amazing. Um, because as I said, uh, you were always looking that you were ready to go. Uh, probably not two weeks, but f at least four weeks out, you were always ready for that. And I was reading the other day a blog uh, from from your website. Um, the title of this blog is "Aging Younger While Pursuing Fitness Goals," and uh, you talk about um, uh, the longevity aspect. And I think uh, you really walk the talk because you are able to to show that show that with time you can still and with age you can still uh, um, make your body respond in such a way that you keep your your flow and a, a healthy diet and a exercise routine everything on point. Uh, so what is really um, the mindset to keep this over time, knowing that, for example, and I'm 46 and I, I truly feel that sometimes to me, the recovery is a little bit longer. Uh, if I compare, for example, when I was prepping for a show when I was 40 and when I prepped for my, for my last show, I was uh, 45 and you know, it was like, man, it's, it's different. It's different. The, the, the response is not the same. Uh, how how do you handle that? Do you also feel that your body doesn't respond as fast and then you have to make some tricks? Absolutely. And Yuri, what, what you were describing is what I've definitely been describing is I've had to really pivot and make recovery a priority. Um, things like I really, especially during COVID when the shutdown happened, did a lot of yoga too. So everything from yoga to soft tissue work, having a good chiropractor, um, sleep. I mean, sleep had to definitely go to the top of my list there because, uh, you know, when we're younger, we can we can push through days where we've only slept four and five hours and then work and then train and, and be a parent and all of those things. Oops, thought I must have lost you. Okay. But as we get older, I mean, our body's just going to be a little less forgiving. So we definitely have to prioritize recovery with that. So um, also understanding that we need a lot of variety in our foods and the foods that you may have been eating during prep, you know, you need to take, sometimes take a little break from that. Like I noticed too, with chicken and certain foods, I had to really back off and then start incorporating foods that were maybe a little higher fat, like salmon and beef too mm -hmm. um, yeah no that's uh and also as a bodybuilder or uh an athlete that competes we also avoid a lot of fruits and and there's a lot of benefits in eating fruits uh, do, do you incorporate more fruits now that you are not competing to be honest with you I, i never stopped eating fruit like blueberries i just am selective in the fruit that i have like i always believe in keeping blueberries in my program even as close to a competition as I can. Obviously, it's a controlled amount, but I feel like you have to look at the nutritional value in the foods that you're taking in, and that's especially important in off-season, too, because um, you need that recovery, and, and I try to look at foods. I mean, food has different value, right? Mm -hmm. It has the both the emotional value, the the pure enjoyment of eating something. It reminds us of family, and, and certain, there's an emotional tie to it. However, there's also 
food as something that's going to provide nutrition and fuel your body. And so, too, if I want to be my sharpest when I'm working, um, sharpest when I'm at home, have some energy when I'm at home and be able to get through workouts and have recovery from those, get a little more selective with my foods. And it's not that I'm depriving myself. It's just looking at, okay, I know I need you know, 30 grams of carbs after this workout. Is that going to come from a donut or is that going to come from rice? Mm-hmm. So it's looking at what nutritional value I'm going to get from the food and what's going to serve me best and allow me ultimately to have the longevity because, you know, this is something I want to be able to exercise, work out, lift weights. I love being in the gym. And this is something I honestly want to be able to do for a long time. And if, if we, if we don't respect our body and give it some grace and understand that not every workout is going to be a 10, we can't go beast mode every workout, mm-hmm. you know, we need to be okay with maybe a good steady run of sevens, you know, like where it's, we're getting the workout in, you know, it's just finding ways to, um, change the workout and change the exercises we're maybe a little more respective of the range of motion and so finding ways that are that we can both get the most out of our workout and recover from the workout because if it takes us two weeks to recover from leg day we're obviously not going to have the progress that we want to continue to have Mm -hmm. yeah no that's true that's true and and i think uh somehow covid taught us a lot about that because a lot of people were uh, working out from home some people mm-hmm. like you you have a, your own gym at home so you can do a lot of things on your own gym but some people were basically doing bands workout and uh mm-hmm. there's a lot of value on that and i saw many videos that you put out during covid uh, training with uh, no weights or training with bands i think it it has a lot of value uh from the uh, to diversify the training you as you said you, you cannot go beast mode all the time with mainly with age and i will say yuri this has been an interesting observation and i have clients that come and train with me in my home as well taking the time to get off of the big equipment the leg presses the hack squats the fixed path machines has actually helped me considerably and helped some of my clients too that have had orthopedic issues. So it allowed us to really work on things with kettlebells, dumbbells, bands, and and do some corrective work. Whereas if we're in the gym and we're just, you know, our go-to is what we know, we're gonna go sit on the leg extension or we're gonna go, you know, hit the leg press. It doesn't, sometimes our imbalances aren't as apparent when we're on there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I honestly feel like, and this was actually an experiment that I, I did during COVID, I said, you know what, I have, I have a wrap. That's, that's what I'm going to use for my leg work. And I had some kettlebells. So I hadn't really squatted in quite some time. So I said, okay, my goal during COVID is just to get really good at the skill of squatting again. And so I, you know, I started with the bar and then I would just gradually add little small amounts of weight and I would record myself doing it just to make sure the range of motion and everything looked as I felt like it was going to be and I honestly got so much stronger Um, I had a I detached my glute back in um, 2014 and so it took me a while to recover from that that injury it had caused some hip issues and I guess the silver lining of training at home gave me some an opportunity to work on some weaknesses there so that now that we're fully back into gyms I'm feeling a lot stronger and I feel like that's actually 
allowed my physique to improve because I can. I'm no longer hiding behind the big movements. Yeah, and a lot of people also invested uh, time to work more on mobility. I, I've seen a lot of people doing more mobility work, which is was pretty rare uh, in, in the past. But now is everyone wants to do mobility work. Yeah, I think there is so much benefit in mobility work, and obviously even more as we're getting older, um, because we if you think about the things that we want to continue to do to squat, to, to press things overhead, I mean, as the shoulders and the hips, we put that, that impact on them. We want to continue to be mobile and healthy throughout those joints. So that definitely did, did give us an opportunity to do that. And um, yeah, I mean, in COVID, it was a time that really as things shut down, I saw, unfortunately, a lot of people shut down mm -hmm. too. And fitness really or not just fitness but taking care of your health both mentally and physically I think really gave us an opportunity to to have that outlet so that now that things are opening up again we feel a little we can recover better mm -hmm. and we can kind of step into life now with a new perspective um, so having fitness I think you know, some people just completely stop, but the ones that were able to do even minimal work, even walks outside, I think have a new, a new kind of leash on life now. Yes, to absolutely. Kind of go and out and do better. Now, for someone that uh, already accomplished so many things in this uh, industry, like you did, got your pro card, many competitions in your belt, what keeps you motivated to continue to improve? Because in the past, you had goals very well established. You wanted to compete. You wanted to look in a certain way to be on stage. You wanted to get your pro card. And then you wanted to get your pro debut. So there was always something. You were always chasing something, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what you're really chasing, right? What really moves you to, to keep going and, and improving? You know, I've learned that my life is just better when I take time for workouts. I mean, those workouts look a little different than they did even five years ago. Uh, so it's, you know, and goals are gonna change. As life evolves, so do your goals, so do your priorities, and that's that's okay. I would like to be on stage again. I don't know when that would happen. Um, oh, that's but, good news. I thought that you were retired on this front stage. You know, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I've retired. I still have the mindset of wanting to, and I've always, and I, and I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was a competitor, and they, you know, I said, oh, how do you know when it's time? And yeah, and they just said, well, you're just going to know. And so I haven't. I don't have that feeling just yet, so I feel like there's a little more. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see. I need to get the eating part right. Um, what do you What do you think, Vicky? That's a, 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 about uh, this new division called wellness. Do you, Do you like that? I think it is. If I love the physique, the physique is is so beautiful. The legs, the glutes, the hamstring development, the balance that these girls have in their lower body is just phenomenal and it's meant to be a somewhat unbalanced division where the upper body is smaller um, waist is small but lower body is just solid and strong I think beautiful it's so beautiful and so powerful and I'm, I'm really I love that this division is taking off the way it is um, I think it's going to take some time here in the U.S. for it to really 
become what it is because mm-hmm. this division was in you know uh, like South America and the yeah it was pretty uh, very strong in Brazil in the <laughs> yeah absolutely and those girls are just amazing and I I do think that it's going to catch up and I, I think it's going to be one of the top divisions um, as you see like you know Pittsburgh Pro was just a couple weeks ago and the girls were I mean that was a huge division so I'm actually I'm excited to see it I think it's definitely a body type it's not something that you can just so like bikini for example you can just say okay well, I want to I want to do say I'm a newbie and I just want to do a show I can you know train if I enjoy training hard I can train hard for you know a year and, and diet accordingly and do fairly well however and I think wellness just takes it's going to take some time to really get that yeah. density of muscle um, so it's just going to take more time and I think the, the girls that are kind of devoted to that and really want to they got to love training legs and training hard like that they're going to do do really well yeah, no, uh, in Brazil it was very strong and mm-hmm. everything was was uh, for the body type of the South America, I would say, girls, uh, as you as you mentioned. But I, uh, <laughs> having NPC bring into U.S., I think it was great. Uh, I think it's a very interesting division for sure. But you are not, if you ever compete again, you're going to stay on your division, right? You, you want to continue to get better uh, where you are on your division. Um, I my division or possibly figure I, I, I don't I'm not sure yet women's physique as is every division for women every year it continues to, to change a bit mm-hmm. um, women's physique right now they're carrying the, the top competitors are carrying a lot of muscle um, I don't think I'll, I'll I don't think I'll put on that much muscle and um, Norris had a look right now that I personally want to attain. Um, figure may honestly be a little more realistic right now, but you know, I like to just train and see where my body wants to go rather than me just getting fixed on one division. And this is when I talk to clients too, I'm like, just let's just train and see where your body likes to go. If your body wants to gain muscle, then we're going to push you towards those divisions where that you carry a little more muscle. If you want to be a little more lean then maybe we're you know or you have a, you like that smaller um more curvy physique right. maybe bikini is the way so um i feel like kind of where my body's settling now is probably figure mm-hmm. um but i don't know <laughs> well, we'll see yeah <laughs> awesome well i i'm pretty sure that you're gonna do pretty well wherever you go so that that's a fact um, uh, the other thing that I would like to explore, because you just mentioned that you had an a, a injury in 2014. Um, it was during a workout that you had that injury, or it was um, doing something else? Uh, how, how that happened, and how long it was the recovery? I mean, did you have to stop training completely? Um, I honestly don't know. I don't. There wasn't like an event or something that's memorable where it tore mm. um i was training to um get my pro card at the time so i was hitting it pretty hard and and i kind of had blinders on and wasn't really listening to my body just kind of like when you get in that athlete mindset and you're pushing and i know this goes for any sport you just kind of you get the job done you do what you have to do um and so somewhere in that i had overused it probably the mobility wasn't probably there 
um, and it did detach. There, there was a time, and this was shortly after I'd gotten my pro card that we learned um, of this injury, where I just couldn't walk anymore. Um, so, but well, were you were in, in pain? That's how you. Mm-hmm. That's how you realize yeah, something yeah. is wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was very painful. It was very painful, and then finally got an MRI and got an, a, a good diagnosis. Um, I didn't have to have surgery, fortunately, because it had detached, but it hadn't like pulled away. Oh. So it was um, probably a good three to six months before I could train legs. Yeah. Then how did so, you fix that? Uh, if you didn't have to have surgery, just just time to heal. Time. Time. Yeah. I had to be very patient. It was pretty frustrating, but I really focused on my upper body. Um, I'm kind of a taller girl. I have long limbs, so my arms definitely needed some more work. So it gave me an opportunity to work on that and then um, was able to come back and uh, compete at the pro level. And then it took a couple years, obviously, then for me to to do well enough to start placing the top five and then ultimately make it to the Olympia. Um, but it's it's healed, fortunately. I mean, it does act up a bit, mm-hmm. but I, again, which is another reason why I really want to stay strong um, throughout my entire body and stay functional. Mm-hmm. Um, I like training sometimes, doing more athletic type things just so I can keep moving. And it's not just doing bodybuilder type workouts, but things that are going to keep my body balanced. Um, was that so was that one of your most serious uh, injury that you had, or you had anything uh, that uh, completely restop you from from training, for example? That has been um, knock on wood. Unfortunately, my only real injury. I had an injury when I was a gymnast. Um, I was about fourteen. I had ankle reconstructive surgery. Um, oh, that's amazing, Vic. Because twenty five years training. And you are injury free. What is the secret for that? Because most of the people that I talk with uh, in on this podcast, they always had something—a surgery on the shoulder, a problem in the back. There is always something, right? And mm-hmm. looks like, although you push yourself many times, you were, you know, very fortunate to not not really have any any injury. There is any particular think that you always do to avoid that if it is a great warm-up if it is a stretch I mean what what do you do to prevent injury you know I think um, having a solid like being able to do mobility work before workouts you know it's mobility is awesome but I think people can obviously overuse it a bit I mean I, I try now it takes my warm-ups you know about 15 minutes before a workout where I try not to let it go longer than that because there for a while it felt like my warm-up was longer than my workout <laughs> but um, you know I've just really listened learned to listen to my body there are days like I know when I can go in and just like crush it and, and really try to lift heavy and hard when things are feeling good but then I really have to listen I really have to listen when I know I haven't had enough sleep when um, you know I'm just not feeling hydrated or if you know things are just if my hip is cranky or my knee is feeling off I've learned to work around those injuries and not and I say injury irritation right (laughs) I mean there are things that could lead into injuries Uh and one thing um 
So back in, and this is actually one thing that got me back into competing um, was I was teaching an outdoor boot camp. Um, this was at 5 a.m. and I had done this for a couple of years and I started having heart palpitations and could hardly breathe. Um, so I had gone to the emergency room and prior to that, I had had a heart murmur as a child, but it had never been an issue, but um, went to the hospital and learned that I had some valve issues and pulmonary hypertension several tests later. So I really had to right then and there and sitting in the office, sitting in doctor's offices of countless specialists next to people with oxygen tanks, I, at that moment, decided this is not me. I, I'm going to take care of my body physically, mentally, control stress, control what I can control, and I'm going to use fitness to, to help me stay young as long as I can if I have this issue, which is a heart issue. Um, I need to find a way to respect my body, um, basically be responsible for my own stress levels and gauge the intensity of my workouts, know when I can train hard, know when I need to back off. Um, and so to this day, that's been something else that's always made me want to continue to not just have physique goals, but have health goals. Mm -hmm. I still have physique goals and I want my body to look a certain way, but ultimately I wanna go do what I wanna do when I'm 80 years old and not have, not feel like I'm too weak or not strong enough or I need oxygen to get through my day. So as long as I can feel like I have some control over that, then then that keeps me going too. And how, how you overcame that problem? Because it looks like you don't have this anymore, right? Oh, it's, it's still an issue. Um, so it's not, they had said to me, the doctor said, you know, as long as you can maintain your weight and maintain an active, healthy lifestyle, then we're just going to monitor this and you'll be fine. If I were to, you know, have an unhealthy lifestyle and things go the, the other way, then this could be more of an issue. But for now, they've said my lifestyle, I'll be able to to manage it and control it. Um, and then, you know, they have surgeries and procedures if we need to do anything, but that is, you know, knocking wood, hopefully much, much longer. Yeah. And it, yeah. And this is, this is your lifestyle. So, yeah. um, not see any change and uh, you are very conscious about your eating habits because it's not only about fitness, it's also about nutrition and uh you do a really job good job on that so uh i don't think that you ever gonna need any procedure for that thank you yeah i i hope i hope not and and i don't and i haven't really shared that publicly with anybody because i don't want that it ever be i want to be very independent and always be strong and you know always be able to to live the life that i want to live and be active well into my well, but, but thank, thanks for sharing with uh, with the audience because I think it inspired people to sometimes change habits, right? Because sometimes some people that are listening to this and they might relate to that and, and they say, well, it's possible to, to have a healthy lifestyle and manage problems that otherwise will require surgery, right? So I mm -hmm. think uh, it, it will inspire a lot of people to uh change their habits 
Absolutely. And I think it comes down to responsibility. I mean, you know, it's, you kind of, you'd kind of know, you know, what do I need to change in my life to, to have more longevity, to, to lose the weight I know I need to lose to, you know, get stronger or have a physique goal or whatever that is. It kind of, it has taught me to be responsible and to not put it on anybody else but myself. I have a choice every morning to get up and, you know, choose a good breakfast and then, you know, go about my day where I can control what I can control, work out appropriately, not overtrain, not undertrain, but figure out, and it takes some time to figure out what that is for you. And that's with my clients. One thing I really try to help them do is what, how, how are we going to make this work for you? Mm -hmm. Not just here's the, here's the recipe. It's what do we need to do to make this work for you? And then we build it from there. And, and that's, that's kind of what I've done with my life too. I mean, when I stand next to another competitor, you know, and they've, they've got their own set of challenges, they've got their own set of weaknesses. And it's just how do we navigate through those so that it doesn't take over our life, but yet we can kind of can conform this life into what we want to get out of it. And, you know, I'm all for hardcore goals and training hard and dieting and getting on stage, but then how do we pivot and get on with life too? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, because yeah. the healthier your body is, then it'll cooperate more for whatever goal you have. Yeah, because I've seen also in this industry a lot of uh, bodybuilders, mainly in the beginning, the men and women, that were so tunnel vision throughout a prep that they isolate themselves from others, they, even from their own family. Uh, I've seen some marriages just, uh, you know, completely tear apart because of a prep. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's complicated because you are risking everything. And sometimes it shouldn't be that way. You should be able to do everything uh, in a very well-balanced way. Yes. Um, you know, and I mean, ultimately, you want your partner there when you're done with the competition. I mean, the competition's short-term. And I always, so I've been married 21 years this last month. And um, I, I've always said, if my family knows I'm prepping, then if I'm visibly, you know, hangry, whatever, and they know Grumpy. I'm prepping, then it's time to stop. Like if I can't be the person I am, uh, then then I'll know it's time to stop. And so far, um, I feel like I've been okay. I mean, trust me, I've taken, I've been the person with the Tupperware at family events and things like that. And, and um, you know, you just got to learn if you're going to do that, you just got to learn to be discreet. You know, it doesn't need to be a big ordeal discreetly. Yeah. You know, nobody needs, you chose, you chose that, um, that short term goal of, of being strict and not participating in whatever, you know, mm -hmm. birthday cake or whatever. So just don't make it a big ordeal for everybody else. I mean, I'm all for moms and dads. Um, yeah, oh, there we go. I'm all for moms and dads prepping. I, I think I absolutely 100% think that you can have a career, you can have a family and prep, but you also have to consider the timing of it. Yes. You know, it, it may not be the right time for you or, you know, if you want to do it, then let's just make sure life is ready for it. Never, and your, your crew is on board with what you're about to do. Right. Yeah. Because, um, uh, isolate and not being uh, social is, is terrible at the end. You look, oh, yeah. you look back and was like, wow, was that really worth? And that's the worst feeling ever, right? That you yeah. accomplish something, then you look back, was like, 
wow, I damaged so many things to accomplish this. It, it feels like it was not worth it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is a sacrifice, but, you know, I, I don't, I think if your plan is done right, you'll be able to, to have partake in the birthday cake or whatever event it is. I mean, to where it's not like you're making this big scene that, oh, mom's dieting, so she can't do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't want to... Um, not be a part of those life celebrations and those life events. Right. You can prep around them. Now, it's going to take, you know, maybe some discipline the day before or the day after, but those events, you know, a couple bites of everybody's prep is different, but um, I found that if you can plan for it, it's usually going to be okay. And a good coach because the, oh, yeah. because coaches uh, that are coaches that will make you feel guilty just because you went a little bit uh outside of the meal plan and there are others that will be way more um, you know understandable about the situation the scenario and we'll try to help you psychologically because one of the the work uh, that I think uh, I appreciate a lot about coaches is to work on your mental aspect it's not only about the physical and the training the mental aspect is very important and some coaches can can drive you crazy some why others can you know calm you down yeah, of course. And you have to have a coach that is kind of, I mean, I would, I always recommend people talk to several different coaches and find one that you like just because somebody has, you know, dozens of competitors that are pros doesn't mean they're the right coach for you. I mean, you have to talk to them about what your priorities are in life. And, you know, there, there are times when, you know, some preps are harder than others. Say it's, you know, it's you're getting ready for nationals or something like that. And then, you know, yeah, it's got to be a little stricter because we're kind of stepping up the game. So if you want to play on that stage, then you need to kind of step up to that level again. So it's just kind of depending on where you are uh, have, with that. As a coach, have you ever had a situation where you you actually had to tell your clients, hey, let's uh, start stop for a moment i think you are going a little bit beyond on on your attitude or you need to slow down did, did you ever ask someone to slow down because they were going a little crazy <laughs> yeah and, and a lot of times with new competitors too they're following a meal plan and they're taking your advice and your suggestions and and when you say to them hey i need you for the weekend to back off your diet a little bit don't go to the gym you know if you start to recognize signs of overtraining and their body's not responding and sometimes the act of just resting and taking the pressure off and they'll actually respond and do better so typically it's having people they're going 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 and just they need that mental break for a little bit and they come out and come out of that and they're so much stronger they have new energy and just their minds are so much clearer yeah. too. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Because the body is, it's, it looks like the body just does not respond anymore when you mm-hmm. achieve certain level of stress. It happened to mm-hmm. me uh, many times that I had me. And that's why I know that you don't like this word, but that's why the cheating meal sometimes helps so much because it is not only about the taste is more about the psychological aspect like oh my god i'm having life again <laughs> uh, yeah yeah no absolutely there's so much of it is men- mental i mean the big part of it is mental um overcoming when your body says no and and kind of pushing through and pushing past that is you know part of it and not every day is easy some days it's hard 
but to make the choice to get out of bed and, and, and continue on with what you need to do and, and the plan and staying consistent. And that's another thing that you had mentioned with longevity. One of the things that I found too is just being consistent. It's not being, you know, beast mode every workout. It's just being consistent over a period of time. Right. Right. That's when your body continues to respond. True, true. Now you you have online clients, but you also have personal uh, clients that you go to the gym and you train then with COVID, you probably during a certain period of time you couldn't have those experiences anymore because the gyms were closed and everything. So you were basically doing everything online. I'm not sure if you ever had Zoom sessions or things like that. Um, but uh, now that gyms are open again, do you feel that the whole uh, Zoom experience? is going to continue or nothing really will replace the face-to-face -face experience of training someone you know besides that person because i have my personal opinion on that but i'd like to to hear yours on this i think that there is face-to-face -face training there will always be a need for that there will never nothing will ever be able to replace that um there is I have, you know, I'm old school, so I've done, I've been a trainer for like 26 years now. So, I mean, I, my roots are face to face, no phone, there's no social media, none of that. So it's very much interactive and me um, giving immediate feedback to my client. And, and it's kind of, it's a relationship where um, I'm giving instruction, they're, they're doing what I ask. And then it's just a constant um, back and forth of how do we make this better for you? And, and there's just, you can't replicate that online. Um, so I think it will, there will always be a need for, for in-person training. I do think though, the online space is something that has been very convenient. People are learning that the time it takes them to commute and go to the gym um, is, is not worth it. So they can get a good workout in at home and learn how to use what they have. And I think that's really good. I think COVID too brought in a group of people that wouldn't have normally exercised at home. They would have had a reason to, you know, I think busy moms, it's easy for them to go, oh, I got kids stuff, blah, blah, blah. And so this, everything kind of slowed down. So I think people that normally could have worked out at home actually started doing it mm -hmm. because it became the norm. Everybody was, yep. there were so many, you know, you flip on, Instagram and, and there's a there's a workout or you can YouTube a workout so I think it's allowed more people to do that um, and I think it became an outlet for a lot of people it was so interesting during COVID watching the creativity of the <laughs> workouts that were out there some of it was pretty scary like almost comical because you didn't want people to get hurt doing it but hey you know if you look at it I'm like at least you're at least they're moving at least they're having fun and they're smiling and they're involving their kids and and all of that like that we just weren't doing that before people right. weren't taking the time to laugh and and play um and there was a ton of stress with covid and i, I still think there is a lot of stress with covid um so yeah mainly mainly outside of states like texas florida that are still closed and even other countries uh for mm -hmm. example uh gym some gyms 
uh, in Brazil, in some states of Brazil, they were closed until two weeks ago. So uh, there are many countries that are not as open as uh, U.S., in particular Texas, and they are still with restrictions at, at the gym. Yeah, and, you know, one thing I, that I don't think gets talked about enough, unfortunately, is the high rates of depression and people just shutting down. I think the stress, you know, whether you've had COVID or not, I mean, the economic stress of it, um, the uncertainty of everything that was going on in the past year, I think really heightened it. And so when gyms shut down, it took away a lot of the social interaction that right. people were used to. They thrived on that. They needed it. Um, I have clients that were um, going through cancer. And then when gyms shut down, you know, they, they couldn't, they had, they had nothing, you know, to actually do other than walk outside. Um, so it gives them an outlet in many times, not just the exercise, but the time with, with peers and seeing people Inter and having, yeah, yeah, having conversation interactions and, and, and just, uh, experience something else. Uh, that, and that's the, the whole thing about the gym environment. And that's why I fully agree with you that, it will never be replaced the in-person experience because it's much more than just getting a workout done. Is the exchange of ideas, is the facial expression, is a hug, you know, is the contact, mm -hmm. the physical contact. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I hope that, and it feels like now people are getting a little more confident and going back to the gyms. They seem to be a little more busier than they were. Um, like each week when I go in to train clients, it seems to be busier and busier. So it's great to see that people are feeling a bit more confident going in um, and you know it's just go with your comfort level if it's just you getting there and hopping on the treadmill for 20 minutes one day then that's fine and then gradually you know work into what you feel like you can you can do yeah no oh, that's amazing Vic thanks for your perspective on that uh, and thanks for yeah. taking the time again to uh, to join and, and, and share your uh, vast experience in this field. I think a lot of people will benefit by listening to your words and we will get inspired by everything you said. So keep up the great work. Uh, keep up those videos, uh, very creative videos about uh, different types of workout. Um, I truly appreciate that and everyone does uh, appreciate as well. Thank you so much, Yuri. I had so much fun talking with you. Um, yeah, had a great great meeting absolutely thank you very much Vic and everyone thank you for joining another episode stay tuned make sure to subscribe to Spotify Apple Podcasts and YouTube uh, to receive notifications when we upload new episodes see you again next time